I want to take a few moments and I want to just, in, in this atmosphere of worship, I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about the greatest person to ever live on the earth, and his name is Jesus. We take some time every year at this time of year, and we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christ's coming. And I want to take a few moments and I want to just look at the beauty of Jesus. I have found no one compares to him. I found nothing compares to him. I have found when I thought I had figured it all out, he came along and he just went, <laughs> and here I had in all my wisdom and all my education and in all my life, and I grew up in the church, so I had heard this and I had heard that, and I had understood this and I understood that, and I had built up this understanding, this picture, this image of God and Christ, and then I needed him in a way I've never needed him before. And he came and he took all that stuff I had built and he just went, Phew. like he, 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 he didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> it, I, I'm amazed at how beautiful he is. He didn't even break a sweat. He just went, Phew. and he said, let me show you something. And in that moment, I experienced the love of my father the love of Jesus that has just wrecked me because I was desperate. I was hurting. I was sad. And he came along and, and I had nothing. I had, I had nothing. And he came. And in that moment, he reached out to me and he extended his love to me when I had nothing I could extend back. I couldn't bring anything. And what was so beautiful about that was he didn't say, get with the program, David. He said, here I am. And I want to look in, in Isaiah about the name, his name shall be called. And as we celebrate Christmas this year, I'm asking God that we would have such an awareness of Jesus in a greater way. Do you know that he is better than what you think? Because if you could think about how good he is, he'd have a limit. And there's no way he's subject to my limited thinking. He is better. He knows me better than I know myself. 
So if you've got your Bibles, I want to take a few moments this morning and I want to talk about how beautiful Jesus is. The passage, many of you might have heard this passage, some of you maybe haven't, but it's, it's in Isaiah chapter 9 and it's a prophetic speaking of Christ. It's this prophetic utterance that, that Isaiah has and if you look in Isaiah, you'll find out he has a prophetic word after prophetic word after prophetic picture of Christ throughout his book. And in this chapter, in chapter 9, he's talking about the promised son. And it says in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, the dominion will be upon his shoulders, everything will rest upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his rule, his dominion, and his kingdom, and on the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I want to take a few moments, and I'd like to look at a wonderful counselor. Now, some theologians would say those are two, two separate names. I'm going to look at them just, just as a descriptive words. He's wonderful counselor. This is a picture of Jesus. You can, um, I'm going to be careful here because I'm going to say you can close your eyes and think. You can close your eyes and think as I talk, but don't close your eyes and snore because that will that will trigger something in me but but give yourself a moment to think about how wonderful god is the word wonderful here carries with it the word miracle the picture of the word wonderful is that it actually stops you from being able to speak. It like arrests you. It captures you. He is so wonderful, counselor. He's miraculous. He's so miraculous you walk away and you can't describe it. I was sharing with, with, with Andrew yesterday and I've shared it with a number of people. I've experienced a revelation of the love of God that I can't describe and yet I can't be quiet about it. And it's the funnest thing. It's fun because it's like I don't have to be able to describe it, and yet I can't ta stop talking about how good he's been to me. And that's the aspect of wonderful that I'd like you to try to grab this morning. He is so wonderful, you might not be able to describe it, but you know inside of you without a doubt 
something has happened, and yet you can't describe it, and yet you can't stop talking about how good it is. Words do not do justice for my Savior. Words don't do him justice. That's why I think he gave us the word hallelujah. Because it's like, I can't, all the words in the dictionary do not even get close to describing how wonderful my Savior is. Do you realize that you were an enemy? And he said, I love you and I'll give everything for you. (laughs) I won't even do that for a person who cuts me off driving. It's like they cut me off driving. I'm going to show them. Wait till the next intersection. You thought you were going to go straight through? No, you're going to have to turn right because I'm going to be in front of you so slow. And it's like, and he goes, David, I love you so much that even when you were behaving like that, I said, come. He's wonderful. He, he's miraculous. He's above and beyond and exceeds and goes past any expectation or anything that you could think imaginable about how good he is. It's almost like I can't describe him, but I'm not going to give up trying to describe him. He's wonderful counselor. The counsel that God brings. I was reading a, a paragraph about his counsel. And I've found in life that counsel always comes from somebody. So if I look for some, an answer, I'll go and I might talk to my dad. I might talk to Pastor Nelson. I might talk to somebody who's been there. I might talk to an expert in that field. And I get information from them. But when I talk to them, they got that information from something and someone else beyond them. And so whenever you look at counsel, it always has a trail. But the counsel that God brings is a counsel that has no trail because he is the one that did not need counsel, and yet he is the one that brings counsel. In other words, if you want the best, you go to him. If you come to me, you're going to get it smeared with David. No matter how good it is and no matter, it's always going to have me in there. But when you come to Christ, he gives it to you. It's undefiled. It's unfiltered. It's unalterable. It is perfect. And that is the counsel that he brings to every situation you face in life. It's wonderful counselor. Practically speaking, If I can just get a little practical, if you need a solution to something, ask Jesus. You say, well, he doesn't care about which way this works and which way that works. Try him. Try him. Solomon was seeking wisdom, 
and God gave him a revelation in a moment. And these two ladies were fighting over this child, and in a moment, God gave him something that nobody could give him, and he said, bring that child, and he said, let's cut it in half. And the mother said, no, that child's life is worth more than that. And he and Solomon, in that moment, cut to the heart of the issue and said, that's the mother. And in one moment, God can give you wonderful counsel that all your business associates, all your friends, all your people that you're looking for can't give you, but in one moment, he can give you the perfect solution to anything that you need. I am convinced. I don't believe in science. I believe in God. His counsel, it says in Colossians the mystery of God, both of the Father and Christ, in whom Christ, in whom, is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures. I'm not sure I've exhausted coming to Christ for answers. The crazy thing is, the moment I get one right, I think I've cornered the market. The moment I get one thing right, it's like, pat myself on the back. I actually have other people pat me on the back. It's like, way to go, David. The next time a situation, it's okay, God. I got it. And then I make myself look real stupid. doesn't take much to make me look stupid, but it takes something to make me look real stupid. Never ever, ever take Christ out of your inquiry and into your, out of your searching and out of your necessity to get an answer. And what's amazing about it is it becomes so second nature to you. It becomes so natural to you that you just start to get answers and you think it's you, but it's actually Jesus in you because you are talking with him all the time and he's given you ideas. I've talked to a, an engineer. I talked to an engineer who had this problem, and they had to get across a lake with something that they could physically not take across the lake. And God gave them this idea to take it in the wintertime when the ice was thick. And the guy said, he says, I don't even know where I came up with the idea, and it just came out of my mouth. He says, and we did it, and they all patted me on the back. He says, but I didn't even have a clue where I came up with a solution. Jesus gave him that wisdom. I believe, I, I'm crazy enough to believe that God cares about every intricate detail of your life, that he can give you counsel that you can't get anywhere else. And that's just part of who he is. It's pretty amazing. His name will be called Wonderful Counsel. He gives us advice about the issues of life. It says he's mighty God. And when it says he's mighty God, that's not an exaggeration. You can never over-exaggerate how good God is. Just try. He's super. No, he's more than super. He's awesome. No, he's more than awesome. 
well, he's awesomeness. He's awesome, awesome. No, he's awesome, awesome, awesome. It's like, it's like you know, as a kid, we obviously say, well, I can count to infinity. And then somebody has said, oh, yeah, but infinity plus one. It's like, oh, now you've got more than me. Okay, well, it's infinity plus two. And it's like you can never exhaust talking about how good God is. He's mighty God. That word mighty actually talks about him being the God hero. He is better than the Marvel universe. He's better than the DC universe. He's better than the Star Wars nineologies, the triologies, the tree, 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 triologies. He's better than that. He's better than Star Trek. He's better than all these things. And what's amazing is all of those things are looking for a hero. They're looking for Superman to take care of everything they need, but Superman has his kryptonite. They're looking for Thor to be able to do something, but even Thor has his limits. And they're looking for, and, and, and it's interesting because in society, we are wired in some crazy way to realize that we are not the answer and we're looking for something bigger than us and we make it up in superheroes. And in the Bible, it says he is our God hero. He's better than a superhero because he has no kryptonite. He's our mighty God. In Exodus, it says, the Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is be quiet. Have you ever messed things up because you said too much? All the parents said, yeah. And the kids go, yeah, mom and dad. In, in, in 1 Samuel, David in 1 Samuel 17, when he approaches Goliath, you say, yeah, well, he had the stone. He picked five stones. He had the sling. But you know what David said about that whole incident? He approached uh, Goliath, and he's speaking to Goliath, and he says to him, listen, he says, the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Prepare yourself, be ready, and then sometimes all you got to do is just stand there and let God do what he does best. I've got lots of brothers, and I got some bigger brothers, and a couple times I got picked on in school, and I had one older brother in particular that would come to my defense every single time. I think he enjoyed it, but we're not going to go there, and I'll talk to him about that later. And, but, but he fought my battles. And as a kid... It made me very comfortable because I didn't worry about things because I had a bigger brother. And I had a five bigger brothers. So if one wasn't enough, he could call on a second. And one of the other brothers would call on a third and a fourth. And it was like, and you think I'm pretty smug. Pastor Daniel has six older brothers. But he fights your battle for you. <laughs> In fact, 
He's already fought the battle for you. Not only that, but he's already won the battle for you. Not only that, but it's done and dusted and put away, completed once and for all. And now you and I can actually enjoy the victory that he brings. You say, well, I still struggle. Yeah, you know what? I struggle, but he has won the victory, and now I need to learn how to walk in his strength and in his victory. He defeated the enemy. Those things that try to grab me and pull me back, he's defeated them, and I need to learn how to walk in the victory that he has given. It takes work, yes, but the effort isn't in defeating it. The effort is in walking the way he wants me to walk. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's the complete hero. I think there's a song, I Need a Hero. Thank you, Olivia. Don't start singing it, because you might start me getting singing. But anybody here could use a hero? I could. I need a hero. That's it. That's it. <laughs> he's here for you. And he's not just a superhero. He's a God hero. He's a warrior of warriors. He's a king of kings. This is a description of who Jesus is, who the Father sent for you and I to experience. I'm so thankful for God. Because left to my own, I struggle even to make it out of the parking lot without getting frustrated. Can I just be honest? And you say, oh, we're going to frustrate. You don't even have to try to frustrate me. Some of these things just happen naturally. Pastor Brenda laughs. Pastor Daniel laughs. Why? Because they probably know it too. Come on. Can we be honest? I've heard amazing sermons. And by the time I'm out of the driveway, I'm already anxious, frustrated, tight. No, never pass. No, no. Here's another one. It says that he's the mighty God. It also says he's the everlasting Father. This is a picture of Jesus. He knows the pathway to life. If you want to understand or know life, you look to the originator of life. If you want to understand the computer, you don't come to me. You come to someone who created or invented that computer, and they know what it can do or what it can't do. And so if you're looking for answers to life, don't go to Oprah. Don't go to Dr. Phil. Don't go to whoever it is now, whatever guru. Go to the one who is the pathway to life, who is life. His name is Jesus. And he says, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And I love it. He gives the, the description of the enemy is multiple. And he says, but I've come to give you life. He says, I got one solution, and it's life. 
He says, I've come to give you life and just think about it more abundantly. He's the God of more than what you need. And I see it throughout the scriptures. David picked up five stones. He needed one. They had a multitude of 5,000 people to eat. He had five loaves and two fishes. Like It was like a happy meal for McDonald's times five. And he goes, let's do 5,000 people. And you know what? Let's have extras left over. I couldn't do five, five happy meals for people here. And he says, not only that, but we're going to have baskets left over. They had more left over than what they started with. Sometimes we think all he had was crumbs. He had five baskets. He had more left over than the five, fish, or five loaves and two fish that he started with. And then to boot, he goes a little later on in life, he goes, hey, let's do this again. And he feeds them, not the exact same proportion, but he feeds again another tons of people, thousands of people, and he has left over. The God that you and I serve, Jesus who came at Christmas time that we celebrate, this little baby. He came as a baby, but he was a king. But he came, and what he can do was more than what you and I ever needed. I, I practice my sermons. And I practice, and I say, David, today you're just going to be quiet. You're just going to be calm and still, and you're going to deliver it just so politely and so nicely. And you're going to just say things, and people are going to go, oh, isn't that so good, Father? I can't do that. I get excited when I think about how good God is. He's better than better. He's gooder than good. He's better than any grammar than you can have. He's good. He's awesome. He, he knows and he sees the pathway. The word father, one of the aspects of father is the originator. And I love it because it says he's the everlasting father. He's the everlasting originator. He never wears out. What Apple, the phones that we have now, what, what is the latest version of the iPhone? 14. Do you know how many years the Apple phone has been around? I think it's been around for 14, 15 years. It's like every year they got to come up with another model. I'm serving the same Jesus that was, who is, who will be, and who, who's never changed. He's the same. It's not Jesus 2.0, it's not Jesus 14, it's Jesus 1.0, the best, whoever was and whoever will be. Because if he could improve, that would mean he was never good enough from the beginning. And he is so good, he does not need to improve. Apple wishes they could figure that one out. In Acts 17, Paul is, is talking to the people. I, I talked about superheroes and how the world is looking for a superhero. Even in the book of Acts, Paul is talking to the people in Athens. 
And he comes across this area where they have tons of idols. And one of the idols was written to the unknown God. Why? Because even back then, they were searching and looking for something bigger than who they were. And they figured, you know what, if we don't get it right with Zeus and we don't get it right with this guy and Pluto and everybody else and Goofy and everybody else, if we don't get it right with all these Disney characters, I'm going to go for, you know what, here's a, another salvo. If there's an unknown God, here, we'll give this. And Paul says, you know what, you've got this, but let me tell you about him. He says, not only let me tell you about him, but you've already described him because the poets of the day had written, in him we live and move and have our being. That was not written by Paul. That was written by the people of the day. The people of the day had such a desire to know God and to know someone bigger than them that they wrote things about him that they didn't even know about him. Everlasting Father, he's the prince of peace. This is, I just love Jesus. I just love Jesus because I found he's good. It says he's the prince of peace. The word prince, the aspect of prince is that he's a leader of men or a warrior among warriors. He's a devourer of men. And some people would say that in a negative way, but another way of looking at it is he actually devours. He causes men to just go, oh, you've captured me. You've captured me. He has, Jesus has devoured me. I am no longer, it's, it's, not lo, it's no longer David that lives, but it's he that lives in me. And he has conquered, and he has ruled supreme over any being that would try to exalt itself higher. He's higher than that. And this aspect of the Prince of Peace it's it's like a, it's like a military aspect but the word peace it actually means not only does he destroy that which causes the chaos but it says he destroys the root that causes the chaos that's the picture of peace if you want peace in your life what you want is you want to not just eliminate what's happening now but you want to eliminate so it will never happen again It's not like weeding where you just cut the grass or you cut the weed and it comes up again. He goes, no, the Prince of Peace, what he's done is he's gone down and he's grabbed the root that causes that to grow and he's pulled it out and he's defeated it. It no longer can sustain itself. Think about that. What is causing chaos is no longer just getting a band-aid on it, but Christ came and he says, I'm going to destroy what causes that root and causes that thing to grow. I'm not cutting it off, I'm pulling it out and it no longer can rule and reign and cause havoc and chaos in your life. He is the prince, he is the devourer of those things. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. 
this Christmas season, my prayer if you, as you walk away today is that you'd have an, a little bigger picture of who Jesus is. My prayer today is that you would maybe have this in the picture of your mind, a painting of a warrior who is complete, thorough, perfect. He's inexhaustible. He's unalterable. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's absolute. He's certain. He's real. He's set apart. There's nothing, there's no one, there's nothing that can touch him. He's beyond the realm of what we can even reach. And yet he reaches into our realm and says, here I am for you. You see, he doesn't live in time. He lives beyond time. But what he's done is he's reached into time and he said, here I am for you for the day, for the need, for whatever you have. And I'm here for you everlasting. And my prayer for you today, for Christmas 2022, is that you would take some time close your eyes and meditate and think about how amazing Jesus is that I brought nothing to the table. I didn't even have a table to bring it to. And he came and he brought the table and he brought the goods and he brought everything that I need for living. And he said, here it is, David. It says he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's not God against us. So my prayer, as I've shared this with you today, is that you would see a greater picture of Jesus child that is born, a son that's given. His name will be Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. And there's nothing that will ever end or terminate that. It will go on and on and on. You will never exhaust God with the issues of your living. You'll never exhaust him because his grace is greater. His peace is larger. His strength is stronger. His counsel is smarter because that's who Jesus is. And he came to reconcile and to redeem us so that we 
would be able to be sons and daughters of the king. And I don't think I've done him justice to describe how amazing he is. So I'd like you just for a moment, just close your eyes. Don't go to sleep. But if you could close your eyes, and if you can imagine just you sitting across the table from God, Jesus, and he looks at you, and you look at him, and he knows exactly where you are. He knows the hassle, the issue. He knows the little triggers. He knows the past. He knows the future. And he looks at you. And before you can even say anything as you sit across the table from him, he looks at you and he says, I love you. Yeah, but I just wanted to beat up so-and-so. I just had some bad words I wanted to use. He just, he, he just looks across the table and goes, I know. I know. But I love you. That's the Savior that I have. That's the Savior that you have his name I believe we're going to go throughout eternity and we will never exhaust the marvel of God we'll never exhaust how good God is amen I'm sorry, say that again. You want to give a benediction. Speak English. The end. There we go. <laughs> uh, I think it fits right in with Oh, it's even close to Revelation. Yes. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. That concludes my sermon, but I have a couple things to say because this week we have a couple announcements. So um, this Tuesday night, there's the ladies' Bible study has their Christmas party here at the church. It is in the bulletin. Um, that is at 7 p.m. on Friday. There's the youth Christmas party. That is at 6.30. Next Sunday, we have a service. We do not have a service on Christmas Day. So just be aware of that. We do not have a service on Christmas Day. Also, on Wednesday, um, Justin, would you uh, be kind enough 
And can I get somebody else to help him? Brad, could you grab the other batch here and just pass these out to families? So Justin, if you go on this side, on that aisle, Brad, you come down this aisle and pass out. These are the days of prayer, the topics for this week on Wednesday. Wednesday from, uh, should it be 12 to 1 or 1 to 2, Mom? 12 to 1 or 1 to 2 on Wednesday? Prayer. Prayer here at the church. 12 to 1 works. So at 12, from 12 to 1, the sanctuary is going to be open for prayer. You're welcome to come here in the sanctuary on Wednesday from 12 noon to 1 o'clock. And then also from 7 p.m. To, uh, to 8 p.m. in the evening, we will also have an hour of prayer. And on Wednesday, the topic is an outpouring. And we're going to ask God to touch our country, touch our nation, touch our families, touch our communities. And so we're going to take an hour on Wednesday to meet together from 12 to 1 and or from 7 to 8 in the evening. Um, that is the uh, topic for this week or the uh, handout for this week for the 40 days of prayer. Um, did I miss anything? Okay. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you, give you grace. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have the most incredible week you could imagine. God bless you.